Good evening, everyone. Hello, good evening. It's currently, it's really late actually. It's five minutes past 10, but we wanted to squeeze this in today because I've been really excited to make this episode and to talk to you about this. It's going to be so much fun. And I've been really excited to be the center of attention. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, just for context, if you can hear massive cracks of thunder or anything, you probably won't be able to, but there is a thunderstorm right now. Rhea, what are you talking about? My studio equipment's amazing. Oh, They oh. won't be able to hear a thing. <laughs> it's so nice though, isn't it? Oh my gosh, it's so, the vibes are literally immaculate right now. Immaculate. I'm literally like, nice. I'm wrapped up in a, in a blanket next to the window where I can see the thunder and lightning. Like, oh, oh it's so Very good. Sweet. And just earlier today, I was walking around a new part of town listening to music, like just when it was dusk, like it was honestly, so I'm so relaxed right now. And you live so by the sea right as well, don't you? So you can like. Oh my God, Freya, I'll send you some of the photos. They're so cool. That's so cute. I bet you get like really nice sunsets by the sea. Oh, they're beautiful, yeah. They're beaut. They're beautiful. I actually have a really distressing story to tell. Go on. Okay, so I was making pasta, as I do every other day. And I was making my sauce, like going through my whole routine, chopping my garlic. Everything was ready. I took everything off the hob, but obviously like the hobs were still hot. And I opened a cupboard to get a chopping board out and a bug flew out. And I was like, okay, that's <gasps> fine. It was like a mosquito-esque daddy long legs vibe. Oh, I hate yeah. those. I wasn't too happy with it, but then it went away and I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then yeah. It, so I have the light and the fan on above the oven, like the hobs and stuff so that the steam can go into the fan. And the light is just so I can see everything. And it's directly above the hob. And the next thing I know, obviously no food is on the hob anymore. And it's just the hot hobs cooling down. So I just turn them off. And this bug has flown up towards the light, hit the light, fallen down and just burns to death. No way. Hob in front of me. Oh my God. And it was That's... slow. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I just let it. You are a killer, Freya. But it was like half dead anyway. It's not like it's going to survive like third degree bug burns from the hole. <laughs> sorry. Freya, I put it sorry. in water and then it just drowns. That actually reminds me. You'll never guess what happened today. Quite similar story, actually. I was Tell in me. the shower. I'd got out the shower and there was a fat daddy long legs. Ugh. Like on the wall opposite. And I hate daddy no. long legs. They are the worst. But it gets worse. It gets more traumatic. Daddy long legs went straight towards me. And I literally like, I literally Fuck like that. had to like slam against the wall. Like I literally fucking got pinned up against the wall by a daddy long legs. Do you know how fucking ashamed I am of myself? <laughs> no, the only actual massive spider I've had in this room, which is surprising because you'd think I'd get quite a lot because I just have so much shit in this room. But there was one point where my I you couldn't see the floor of my room. It was just covered in clothes. It was a bad time. I had it was like that for I'd say at least a month. And I'm like, right, Freya, let's get your shit together. We're gonna tidy your room. I'm picking up my clothes. And there's a specific corner in my room where I put my dirty laundry to take it downstairs. And obviously that part was quite big at this point. And I moved my clothes. And this giant fucking spider, I can't even, it's like the size of my palm. And it just runs out and it's so fast and it runs out and it's like climbing up my wall 
and I'm like, okay, fuck. I scream and I'm like, think fast, like, we're not going to let this hide or go under my bed or something. Like, that's the last thing I want. And then I'm not able to find it. I just grab a shoe and I just see my wall and then it falls, but it's like still alive and then it runs and oh, it took a while. I hate it when they're like half dead and they walk. Yeah, I had to hit it a few times and I don't even, okay, fuck those people who are like, killing spiders is cruel. Can the spiders like live anywhere else in the entire world other than my room? Like there is the whole world out there. It does not need to come in here. Yeah, but is the whole world a cool dry place in the corner of a... Okay, if the spider is manageable, maybe I'll consider letting it outside. Or if I'm feeling brave, but not if it's going to fucking run across my room. I don't need that shit in my life. Honestly, I love summer, but the bugs are the worst part of summer. And my room is like the loft, so when it's winter, it gets really fucking cold. And when it's summer, it literally, you just cook. But I refuse to open my windows because I'm not having i'm not dealing with that shit i'm not i don't have moths or spiders they don't come in here you haven't actually been to my room you haven't been to my room which is fun to think about i feel like i have i have you haven't been to my house i have been to your house when we designed this podcast oh you haven't been to my room though i have i went out to your room and i was like oh my god what's this and you're like can you stop going through with things (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say we're like we're such like iffy friends like we just do random shit we're not iffy friends. We're just confident and comfortable. We're so confident that we're so confident that we tell each other to fuck off half the time. Exactly. Anyway, that went so off topic, but I felt it's always good to have a normal chit chat. Okay, so you won't actually know this, but we just had to stop for what? And twenty it? minutes. Ten twenty minutes because my power just went out because of the thunderstorm. We were literally like, "Oh, the thunderstorm's so cute. The vibes are so nice." And then the thunderstorm was like, "Bitch, do you know who the fuck you're talking to?" And it just cut out. Yeah. And you were scrambling around the house trying to get your wife. <laughs> I was scrambling around trying to get my wife. Okay, but we're back, and we. It was good because we grounded the conversation off. We're ready to. I'm ready to delve into some questions if you are. So. I don't think you've actually explained what I today haven't. is. That's what I was just going to. So basically, obviously you can tell by the, ep- the title of the episode, we want to talk about, I want to do an interview style episode where I talk to you about your experiences as coming out as transgender and how you've, how you've begun to realize that you are trans and your whole, like maybe some advice that you'd give to other people in certain situations and asking uncensored questions that people definitely I get asked a lot by people about because I have multiple trans friends and as a like cis person I get asked a lot about trans people's pronouns and stuff and it's almost like they're they're too scared to actually ask you for your pronouns themselves and I think it's important to we're going to cover some questions today that I think people are too afraid to almost ask you which I think is strange but yeah I'm totally up for it because I just feel like some people wish they could ask certain things, which obviously they're not actually going to do, either because they're too nervous or they think it's not okay. But obviously, here at Too Young to Know, it's a completely open space (laughs) where we can discuss anything. Exactly. And we're obviously on a very good basis, friendship-wise, where, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're a very open person, you're not easily offended, so... Yeah. Also, I trust you. I trust you to not do anything exactly. stupid. How do you feel about oh, that? Oh, of course I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'm like the least stupid person. Yeah, actually, I think I don't have to agree to agree oh, to that. Oh, shit. Okay, period. Okay, 
Anyways, to start off, I want to start off at the beginning, like the very beginning. I want to, I wanted to ask you, when did you first experience conflict between the gender you were assigned with at birth and the gender you are? I think I was around 12 or 13 years old, I want to say. Okay, that's interesting. I, you know, I assume, I don't know why that you would experience. I know some people experience thoughts like that a lot earlier on. Do you think, do you not feel that earlier on in your life you experienced thoughts that maybe you didn't completely identify with the gender you were assigned with at birth? Yeah, I definitely did. But when I was a child, a lot of my, what I would call traits, yeah. ended up being identified as autism instead of gender dysphoria. Oh, okay. So I, I had all sorts of traits about having a bit of sensory issues, having communication issues. But it, I think what it turns out is that it's, they wanted to identify that as autism. But I think later in life, I discovered that I was actually gender dysphoria. Okay. Do you want to, can you elaborate on what gender dysphoria is? Because I think it's very prevalent in the transgender community. So gender dysphoria is a, I want to say it's a medical term used to describe a discomfort regarding one's gender identity. Thank you. I think what's important to know about my story is that I've had a few like traits, bits and bobs when I was like a, a child. Yeah. But as soon as puberty hit, that really makes you realize that this yeah. isn't this isn't about my neurodivergency and it's more about the fact my body is growing into ways I don't like. And that yeah. made me almost realize that wait, that's actually gender. That's the problem here. Yeah. And I also want to say that you know, everyone's different. So just because you experience these things does not mean that every trans person experiences these things. Everything happens at a different age, right? But yeah, definitely. I know a lot of people who transitioned in their later teen years. I also know one person who transitioned in their 30s. Like it's a huge variation of different ages. Definitely. So when did you realize you identified those feelings with being transgender, when did you think, okay, I think I'm trans? Initially, I didn't want to be transgender. Now, that yeah. sounds bad, but that's because obviously there's so much negativity around transgenderness that it's hard to even contemplate that being you, especially mm -hmm. if all the media you've ever consumed is negative stuff about being transgender. So talking about how the media has influenced you realising about being transgender, do you think the lack of education of trans history affected the age you realised you were trans or were able to identify those feelings with being transgender? Oh, definitely. I feel like if I understood that it was acceptable to change your birth gender as a child, I would have been able to identify what I was feeling as being transgender rather than a change in my sexuality. Yeah, because obviously it's not touched on in schools at all. And obviously we have the media, but like you said, it can perpetuate things in a negative way. But do you also think that media can be positive for helping people discover their sexuality and their gender? I think at least when I first came out, this the media really negatively affected my perception of being transgender because I'd google transgender and just see news stories about transgender yeah. people being killed and like the nhs gender clinics being really bad all i'd hear is negativity and even now 
all of our main, like mainstream news outlets don't have much transpositive stories whatsoever. I think that my access, getting access to social media was an absolute game changer because I suddenly was able to realize that there's a community of people who feel a similar way to me. And that really allowed me to accept the fact that this was my life and that is okay to feel a certain way. Yeah, I think the media can do both, can't it? Like it can, it can be such a good thing, but it can also be such a bad thing. Like I think the sense of community, like that the LGBTQIA plus have created on social media is so amazing. And it's such a nice place to be a lot of the time. Yeah, I definitely feel like if I didn't find myself in those communities, I may not be in the situation I am today. All right. So start with your family. Who was the first person you came out to? Our friend, Bonnie. Okay. And what did that feel like? It felt like a weight being lifted off my back, but it also yeah. felt, holy shit, this is actually real. Yeah, like you're solidifying it then when you start like, telling Like as, as soon as I tell someone who I'm really close to that this has completely changed my life, that locked me in. This is real. Yeah. And so Bonnie's obviously a friend. Yeah. Did it take long for you to come out to your family? I would say that it, the timeline looked like this. I'm going to call month zero like self-acceptance. Like that's when I realized yeah. that, is, that is who I am. I am transgender. About three months after self-acceptance, I told my best friend, Bonnie, that is how I feel. And she was absolutely phenomenal. About six to seven months after discovery, I think I told our whole group of friends. Mm -hmm. And then... About nine or ten months after discovery, I told my parents. Okay. Why did you tell your friends before telling your family? Because my parents have obviously known me my whole life. Mm -hmm. So telling them that I've completely changed my identity to some degree, obviously it's a big change for them to have yeah. to overcome and realise. and Yeah. Fully understand. Whereas... At the time, I'd only been with that friend group for probably about six months. Yeah, it was. It didn't really feel like it was much of a problem to tell everyone there. Okay. And then after you told your family, what was that like? How did they react? My family have honestly been one of the best things that has happened to me, especially in terms of my transition. Literally yeah. the night after my i the night after i came out to them we sent the referral off to the gp oh for nhs gosh. gender services the like literally the night after that's amazing and my mum was doing so much reading and like listening to all these podcasts and audiobooks about being transgender she really felt like it was her duty to understand what i was going through and i really appreciate her for doing that that's amazing to have that kind of support surrounding you yeah okay so school how was that coming out to school coming out to school actually happened so much later than all my other transitional things yeah i remember unlike, it being quite a gap unlike other trans people who kind of school came first school actually came last for me i had already started my medical process and my legal process before even telling the school. 
What kind of stopped you from telling the school? Honestly, the reason is that we, obviously I can't reveal too much detail about this, but our school was going through a large restructuring and we knew that the year after we would have all new classes with all new people. I wanted to start afresh with a new set of people and I felt like that would be the best way rather than coming out mid-year and causing a buzz around myself. I wanted to literally just slip in. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily what people's opinions or any backlash you'd face was the barrier. It was more the con- like the convenience of having the new year to have all these people know you as Maya rather than before transitioning. Yeah. Okay, so did you face any backlash? No, I actually, in terms of people, majority of people from the school were really good. I don't think I received anything negative on that front. However, the school themselves and the admin team really didn't know what to do. Like, I felt like they had quite minimal training when it Mm -hmm. comes to transgender people. They didn't really understand what to do with my deed poll, which is basically the legal change of name. And it took them a long while for them to actually update that on both the school system and the exam boards. Okay. So I feel like the only problems I had on that front were the legal and admin side of things. Yeah, that's interesting because you'd think it'd be the other way around. People at school would be the problem, but it's more kind of the admin. But also the fact I told the school during my last year of high school, Yeah. it really, it means that all the people who got to know about this had matured at that point because obviously we're all in the last year of high school so I would expect that people are going to be a lot more mature than the first year of high school definitely and I think there's such people are a lot more educated than they used to be they know that they would not be able to say shit and it would slide like it's not as easy as that now people are a lot more on alert and they're a lot more kind of aware of what is okay and what isn't okay and the what are good ways to treat people and what are bad ways to treat people like shit doesn't slide as much as it used to you've obviously seen me transition quite a lot mm-hmm. so i feel like even before transitioning i was someone who was quite outspoken within school yeah and i feel like people knew that because of that they probably shouldn't do anything bad to me because i'm going they know i'm going to kick off yeah so a lot of people ask me this question okay people will come up to me and say what are so-and-so's pronouns it's they ask me as i'm friends with a few trans people and they normally ask what their pronouns are and what do you think the best way for someone to ask your pronouns is i know it's a difficult question because it's like how else do you ask for someone's pronouns just for your pronouns but why do you think people maybe see that as something they can't say to you i feel like a lot of people obviously i'm not in that position so i wouldn't know specifically yeah but i feel like some people may feel just intimidated by the fact that i or someone else is transgender which is quite sad to be honest so they feel like they have to ask someone by proxy who's more like in the know i think it's so important to make that effort and it looks like good it would be a massive green flag on a person if when i'm getting to know them they ask me what my pronouns are just off the bat i think that's such i feel like that's such an inclusive thing to do so you touched on the talking to the nhs about transitioning medically 
Have you faced any barriers transitioning medically, relying on the NHS? The NHS, especially for their current transgender services in our region, are very poor. So the current wait list is three to four years. I haven't actually reached the end of the waiting list. That has been a huge barrier because obviously I'm currently medically transitioning, but I go through a private provider. But that is something which you can only do if you can afford it because it's really expensive. I think my treatment is almost £200 a month. Like, yeah. oh my it's gosh. not, it's not really accessible. hard to manage. It's really inaccessible and it's really hard to manage, especially with the current um, economy crisis in this country. Yeah. And what are the barriers you face with transitioning legally and documentation wise, I guess? I thought, actually, before we touch on that, I think I also just want to say regarding medically transitioning, mm -hmm. the, the system we currently use in this country enforces something called gatekeeping, which if you don't know what that means, it is basically trying to ensure that trans people really are trans. But I hate that terminology. I yeah. hate the idea that every three to six months, I literally have to prove to my provider that I'm still transgender. And it is such a disgusting process to have to go through. It's to such have like a dehumanizing It's program. really dehumanizing. They have to literally check that I'm still transgender. And it feels so uncomfortable to go through something like that. Can't you just take my self-declaration as me being trans? You don't need to like prove this or prove that every three months. It's just, yeah. it's really tiring. I think the whole assumption that trans people almost aren't capable enough to realise they're trans and, you know, are responsible enough to make the decision to transition, like, medically or with surgeries and stuff. It's so, like, wrong that they assume that you aren't almost capable of making those decisions for yourself. So what were the barriers you faced legally? So I have changed my legal name and I've also changed my current gender status but I'll get on that in a second okay. so changing your name in the UK is honestly one of the easiest countries yeah. to, to do it in like you've done it yeah you literally need to get a deed poll you can either make one yourself or get one online for relatively cheap the process takes what, 10 to 20 minutes yeah and it's widely accepted with almost all businesses and government departments so on the like naming front, that has been so simple. And I have a lot of friends who live in different countries where the process is either extremely expensive or just completely inaccessible. Yeah. However, one of the barriers which I've faced is that to change your gender on documents in the UK is really unclear. Because every government department has slightly different rules about what counts as a gender change. <clears throat> so, for example, my driver's license and my passport both have female on, which is correct. And in order for that to happen, I had to have a consultation with a doctor who wrote a note to say that I'm definitely transgender. Oh which, again, gosh. is a bit insane. Because I, one of my friends who lives in Norway, you can literally change your driving license and passport online. Like mm -hmm. it's literally a government website. So the fact I had to go through a whole interview process, 
was insane. Yeah. But then one of the things which I still cannot change is my national insurance. Now, some of you may not even know what national insurance is, but it's basically how the government like processes all your taxes and stuff. Now, majority of people listening to this podcast probably aren't doing anything to do with national insurance right now. However, because I run a company and stuff, it's I have to interact with that system quite a lot. And they literally cannot have my correct gender on record. They just will not do it. Oh and my god. They say that in order for them to update my records to be the correct gender, I have to get some I have to get my birth certificate changed. Now, you may be thinking, Maya, changing your birth certificate? That doesn't make any sense because it's literally a birth certificate. I would have to agree with you because you can change your birth certificate in this country, but you have to use a process called GRC. And it is basically a process where they, again, check that you're transgender, but in a very weird way. You have to get notes from doctors. You have to get interviews from your family members. You oh have to God. get statements from your friends and then submit it to to a like special trans analyzation board plus 300 pounds for them to even contemplate you changing your birth certificate so the very inaccessible is extremely inaccessible even if you have money you need to have supportive like, parents that are willing to parents friends supportive doctors like even my gp isn't supportive of what i'm doing like it's that bad crazy that's crazy so I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get a GRC for the next five years. Like, it's really hard. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. It's definitely not as easy as just changing your name. It's, it's a lot more complicated. They are planning to make it easier, which I know is a first for the Conservative Party. They usually <laughs> never try to make anything easier. But when they say making it easier, what they actually mean is they're making it cheaper. So next year, they're planning to make it £12 instead of £300, which is insanely better. Yeah, my gosh. But it still has, has, yeah, A, that, and B, it still has the exact same process of having to go in front of a board and get doctor's notes and all that. Which is almost more difficult than just paying the money, isn't it? Yeah, and plus, if you're like me and you have to go through a private clinic... Those yeah. private clinics, they charge for getting doctor's notes oh and stuff. Oh my gosh. So the letter which I had to get to change my passport, that cost like £200 just to get. Like, the whole thing is ludicrous in my opinion. And it's disgusting how people are profiting off of this, like, struggle that it's you're having necessity. to go through. Yeah. For trans people, accessing medical care is as important as accessing, like, water. Like... A lot of us need it to live. So the fact that we're being basically forced to pay for these services is horrible. Yeah, so gross. It's a gross display of capitalism again. I wanted to maybe ask you about what issues you may face with dating. With dating? Yeah. So dating is a funny one. Because obviously it varies from trans person to trans person because everyone's in a different situation. Some people haven't transitioned at all. Some people may be mid-transition. Some people may be fully transitioned. It's a completely different gradient. And then, of course, some people, obviously, they all have different sexualities. So a lot of trans people could be asexual, bisexual, lesbian, or even like straight as well. Like there's obviously it hugely 
depends on your situation and what you personally feel about like sexuality and dating and stuff like that. But for me personally, I don't know if you even know this, but I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. So I don't have much of a problem when it comes to my comfortability in dating. I yeah. feel like I'm just going to shoot my shot with this person and see if they're okay with it. Because yeah. obviously you just need to throw yourself into a situation <laughs> in order yeah. to actually see if the person would even be okay with dating you as a trans person. Mm-hmm. And I have had situations where my transness has damaged a romantic slash sexual relationship I've had with someone. So, for example, at the time that I discovered I was transgender, I was in a gay male relationship with someone. And that basically ended the relationship completely, just the fact that obviously I'd changed my gender. But also, I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but do you know what T4T is? It rings a bell. So T4T is trans people dating other trans people. And I have done that before as well. I feel like it's a lot more comfortable experience for me because obviously you're with someone who shares the experience and kind of understands it better. But honestly, I'm like fine with everything. I'm the sort of person that just like puts it out there. I don't really feel too stressed about those things. Yeah. Do you think it's more difficult dating as a trans person than it may be for a cis person? Obviously, again, everyone's experiences varies. But yes, at least in my case, I feel like it very much affects your ability. Yeah. Okay. Do you face any struggles when you go shopping for clothes? Currently, I don't. But I feel like in my early transition days, you'd get a lot of weird looks. Like. Yeah. Especially with cashiers being like snoopy over like what you're buying. Like it's all a bit, it feels a bit intrusive for, because obviously you feel like you're being judged even if you aren't. But then even then you've got places like Depop and I hate to say it, but Sheen where you can shop without being judged, obviously. Would you personally say it's easier to shop online or easier to shop in public? I think I personally find it easier to shop online just because the whole thing is a time-consuming process anyway. And yeah, I guess it is what it is. Okay. And my last question for you today is what advice would you give to parents who... Parents? For parents whose children have come out as transgender. Listen to your child. Please listen to your child. If you as a parent, think that you know best and that your child definitely isn't transgender because you've known them their whole life and obviously they wouldn't be transgender. Yeah. Listen to your child because if you try to level with what they're thinking, you might understand that this is a matter of life and death and not a matter of identity. Yeah, for sure. I think just believing children when they yeah try please try to believe and understand where your child is coming from and all the bias you've had previously no matter if you're left or right wing or anything put your child first and put their health first 100 percent. thank you so much i think that was so insightful and 
beneficial just to have as a resource on this podcast. And I think it would be so good for people to listen to and educate themselves on. Yeah. And I think if you guys enjoyed this whole interview thing, you actually might be interested in my new podcast. I know, doing something fun. So (laughs) it's called My Trans Story. And every two weeks, I interview a different trans person to hear their perspective on transitioning and coming out and what it was like for them. Because I feel like every trans person has a completely different story. And I wanted to highlight that to show that there's a world of different experiences out there. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to trill.fm slash MTS or click the link somewhere in the show notes to have a listen. Amazing. Such an important thing that you're doing. So we'll round it off now. The thunderstorm's gone. We had a lot of technical difficulties, but hopefully they are unnoticeable in this episode. And Yeah, I'm, hope- I'm an editing master anyway. I hope you enjoyed. I had such a great time. Mm-hmm. It was so good to learn more about your story. Yeah, and I really enjoyed having this ability to show my perspective to everyone listening. So thank you, listener, for listening to my story for this whole time. Yes, and don't forget to rate us five stars. Rate us five stars, Spotify, because it means so much. Listen, right now, right now, yes, you listening right now, go on Spotify or Apple, (laughs) go to the podcast screen rate us five stars yeah look we'll give Please. you like five seconds we will we'll already five yeah four, four three, three two, two one okay and also okay. if you feel like anyone could benefit from this or might be interested yes. in this share, share it, it right now we know who you're thinking of press the share button send it out there <laughs> it literally takes a couple couple seconds couple taps a couple taps maybe even your parents might be interested in this you never know it yes. could be anyone it could be anyone and we're so, so fun just to listen to anyway. But we're great. We're great. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank I you. I hope to see you next Friday for the next episode. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.